Thank you very much, ladies, for ministering in music. As they were singing, all kinds of thoughts went through my mind in relation to my own mom. I remember numerous nights, mom sitting on my bed and trying to channel me in the correct direction, talking to me about a variety of things. She's probably one of my most ardent prayer supporters who prays for me, probably one of the greatest encouragers. Every now and then I'll get a note from her and say, Dan, I know you are, and she'll tell me something about myself. And also deeply appreciate my mother-in-law, who has since gone to be with the Lord, but the prayers of both my mom and my mother-in-law. Some thought questions for you younger girls and ladies. By girls and young ladies, I'm talking to females up to age 20. What do you want to be when you are an adult? Now note I didn't ask you what you want to do, but what you want to be. What do you want to be in terms of character, a lifestyle? What do you want to be known for in terms of being a person? For you ladies who are in between, females from 21 through age 40, are you becoming what you desired to be as a teenager? Note again, I didn't ask, what are you doing? But are you becoming what you desire as a teenager in terms of character, in terms of a lifestyle, and what you would like to be known for? For those of you who are ladies, 41 on, are you in terms of your being, what you desire to be as a young girl? as a young lady. Note again, I didn't ask, what are you doing? But what are you being? Are you being what you desired in terms of character, in terms of lifestyle, in terms of who you're known for as a person? For you guys, men, teens, and boys, are we praising and honoring our mothers and grandmothers for their being? Or do we tend to follow the pattern that may be present in the world and praise them for their doing, their accomplishments, and providing what we desire? Those items are fine, but are we praising them for their being? This morning we want to consider a passage of Scripture from Titus. Titus chapter 2, and just a little background information on the book of Titus. Background information when it comes to scripture is kind of like the doctor asking you for background information before he does surgery. It's vital. The book of Titus was written by Paul to Titus. Titus was left in Crete for a purpose. According to chapter 1 and verse 5, he was left in Crete that he might straighten out what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town. He was left in Crete to teach that which is in accord with sound doctrine in chapter 2 and verse 1. He was to encourage young men and teach young men 
according to chapter 2 and verse 6. He was left there to teach slaves, according to chapter 2 and verse 9. And he was left there to remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, chapter 3 and verse 1. Crete and ministering there was a tough ministry. Chapter 1 and verse 10, Paul says, For there are many rebellious people, mere talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision group. They must be silenced because they are ruining whole households by teaching things they ought not teach, and that for the sake of dishonest gain. Even one of their own people has said, Christians are always liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. How would you like that as... uh, for being described who you are, you know, liars, evil brutes, lazy gluttons. So Paul says, rebuke them. Crete, apparently, was visited briefly by Paul on his journey to Rome. And Acts, in the latter part of Acts, has some things to say about that, but apparently ministered in Crete briefly, While he was on his way to Rome, he left Titus there to minister and to carry out some items as we just discussed. This morning, we want to focus on verses 3 through 5 of chapter 2. Titus 2, and I'll begin reading with verse 3. Likewise, teach older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, to be pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. As we think about this portion of scripture, we find that it's in the context of Paul teaching various people. Verse 1 I'm sorry, verse 2, he was to teach older men. Verse 3, teach older women. Verse 6, encourage young men. And verse 9, teach slaves. Chapter 3 and verse 1, you know, teach, remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities. We find that Paul, first of all, says Titus, Here's how you turn struck older women. And the reason you turn struck them is so that they, in turn, can teach younger women. And he says, teach older women. And obviously he's concerned about their character to be reverent in the way they live. To be reverent in the way they live. The idea in being reverent involves fitting. The next word is not people. That was my mistake. Karen couldn't make up my writing or printing probably. It's proper. What is fitting? What is proper? What is suitable? What is becoming? Teach an older woman to be reverent. That which is fitting, suitable, proper, becoming of a woman. And as you study Genesis 2 in the context of creation, as you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 in the context of worship in the church, Ephesians 5, the context of husband and wife relationship, 1 Thessalonians 2, the context of a 
mother relating to her children, 1 Peter chapter 3, a lady relating to her husband, you will find that that which is fitting, becoming, proper would involve being a companion, helper, to complement her husband, to be a follower, to be submissive. He says, teach older women these truths. He says, teach them also not to be slanderers. The idea of slander is a treacherous informer. To report something maliciously. To utter, intending to injure the reputation of another. He says, teach older women not to do that. To be slanderous is an intent to hurt others. Women seem to have somewhat of a bend in that direction by nature because they're related to Eve. But he says to women, beware of what you say about others. What is said should not hurt the one spoken about. My next statement does not come from me. I have been told this, that... Slander can take place in beauty shops or beauty saloons. Nowhere women will talk about others in a slanderous way. He would say an older woman should not be part of that. He also says teach older women not to be addicted to much wine. Wine was a drink that was prevalent in that day. And Paul says, Titus, teach older women not to be addicted to much wine. Teach them what is good. Good, that which is useful, that which is profitable, that which is excellent. He says, they're not to be addicted to wine, but teach what is good. The idea of teaching is to guide, to explain, to show, to do with. What's an older woman to do? Teach what is good. An older woman to guide others. To direct them in what is good. Now notice he says in verse 3, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderous, not to addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can train younger women. As older women are developing character in their life, living that character out in day-by-day living, they can share with younger women. A primary role of an older woman to impact younger women. After Ruth Ann's mother passed away, she was going through some things. Uh, Her mother's and Ruth Ann showed some items and in it, Ruth Ann's mother had been asked to speak several times as an older woman. You know, at ladies, some ladies get-togethers. She also wrote letters, I think, to the grandchildren who were getting married. What was she seeking to do? Teach, train younger women. Then they can train a younger woman to guide them to direct them, training them. The idea of training is to restore to a right mind. 
to make sober-minded, to steady by exhortation and guidance. Older women teaching younger women to do what? To love their husbands and to love their children. Now, those of you who are into Greek know that there's different Greek words for love. There's the Greek word phileo, which deals with a family type of love. There's a Greek word agape, which deals more with God's type of love. The word here is just a family type of love, phileo. He's saying teaching younger women to love their husbands, to love their children. Apparently, younger women struggle in some way, with loving their husbands and children. And I asked Ruth Ann this question, and I've tried to listen to older women along the way. What are some ways an older woman can teach a younger woman, younger woman to love their husband? One would be, this doesn't come from me, this comes from older women, is to let go of control trying to control a husband. You know, we guys can be Andre at times. We just don't think like women. We don't respond the way you think we should at times. Teaching a younger woman how to respond to that. Teaching a younger woman, and again, this is coming from older women, to let go of the demand. You know, demanding that your husband do certain things, demanding that your kids do certain things, you know, and just... Staying on their case until you think they'll do it. For you ladies, my wife has perfected getting me to do things without asking very often. (laughs) She'll tell me what she would like done, and then she'll just be quiet and pray. It's amazing what God brings to my mind. And I've told her different times, you don't need to tell me. Because of my growing up, I said, tell me once. She, you know, as an older woman now, I'm sorry, honey, can teach a younger woman, how do you respond? Another one would be just trusting. Again, coming from an older woman, trusting your husband. He may not be doing what you think. He may not be making the decision that you think. Give your input, but trust God to respond. A couple other thoughts. Just enjoy them, being with them. Enjoy them for who they are, whether it be children or whether it be husbands. But he says teaching the young, older women, teaching the younger women to love their husbands, love their children, and then he says to be self-controlled. To be self-controlled is to have a sound mind, to be modest, to be discreet. It involves a choice not to attract attention to oneself as a, as a person or to one's body, but rather to draw to God. Self-controlled, sound mind, modest, discreet. That may be the way you speak of yourself, that may be in the style of clothing, and so on. But an older woman teaching a younger woman to be self-controlled. And then he says to be pure. The idea of purity is to be innocent, to be blameless, 
Oh, the blessing of a younger lady never having experienced and knowing certain wrongs. Never having experienced evil. Being innocent. Being blameless. Oh, the joy of a young lady never hearing men bashed by older women. Oh, the joy of a younger woman being innocent of some of the sexual stuff that takes place in our world today. Teaching them to be pure. The older teaching the younger. He says also to be busy at home. The idea of busy at home is to be a keeper or guard of a house, a homekeeper, domestic. A choice to make the home one's primary place of influence. And what that looks like, older women will have to teach younger women what that may look like. I'm not going to attempt to do that this morning. But to be busy at home, being with children, providing a safe place at home, welcoming husband and children, you know, with open arms and so on. And then he says, teaching them also to be kind. Teaching a younger woman to provide that for others which is beneficial, that which is profitable. It may be in words, it may be in attitude, it may be in actions. But to be kind. And then he says, teaching them also to be subject to their own husbands. Having lived in the world related to people, sometimes people struggle with this. A woman chooses to respond to her husband. A husband cannot make that happen, nor can anyone else. But to be subject to the husband is basically a willing choice to work for your husband. And I'm not talking physical work, you know, where you have to go out and get a job and so on. But rather, it involves a recognition and acceptance of your role as a helper, as a companion, as a follower, as a complement, as submissive to your husbands. We'll talk to husbands and dads and men when it comes Father's Day. But he says an older woman teaching a younger woman to do that. I'm posing a question and I'm not going to seek to answer it. What do you do as a younger woman when your husband disciplines the children in a way that you think is not correct? How do you handle that? Ask an older woman. How do you respond when at times, and I can say this because I know what we men are like, how do you respond as a young woman when your husband just seems totally ignorant of how women think? You know, you're a young woman, you've gotten married, and you just don't understand your husband. How do I respond to this dude? You know, he's not made like me, he doesn't respond the way I do. Older woman, teaching a younger woman how to live 
and how to respond. Then he says, so that no one will malign the word of God. So then implies a reason or a result. As the older are teaching the younger, he says, so that no one will malign. The idea of maligning is to speak of divine things in terms of irreverence. Apparently, older women who are women of character and are teaching the younger will result in the word of God being spoken of in a reverent manner. The flip side is also true. If the older are not teaching the younger, apparently results in the word of God being maligned in some way. I've seen both sides of the coin. I've heard the word of God being lifted up and exalted because of older teaching younger, older being, in terms of character younger, they're being developed. And the word of God being spoken of in a very positive way because of that. I've seen the flip side. Well, if that's the way people are, I don't want anything to do with Christ. And apparently... Paul recognized the older women teaching the younger how to live and how to respond will result in the word of God not being maligned. A couple of thoughts in terms of just living this passage out in day-by-day living. Probably one of the greatest compliments an older woman could receive would to have, some, have someone say, you're a woman of character. And you're guiding and showing younger women how to be what God has called them to be. Older women, training younger women, it doesn't seem to be optional. Younger women need training. Seems to be a primary calling for older women. And when we think of this passage of Scripture, We many times think of, well, what happens within the church? I don't think Paul is talking about what happens within the four walls of a building. He's not talking what necessarily happens as believers gather. He's talking about just being together. Older, being with younger, doing together, living together, interacting with one another. In day-by-day living Maybe in a home, maybe shopping, maybe in a job setting, it may be verbal guidance, but sharing, interacting, not planning some program, just informally taking place by the choice of older women and younger women. I don't know if you've ever heard this statement or not. And it may be said by older people at times. The world is getting so bad. I don't know what's wrong with younger people today. Do you ever hear that phrase? Or... Well, the next time you think that or hear that, count that as an opportunity for you as an older woman to get involved in the life of a younger woman. Let's not bemoan what we think is Let's act 
to help younger women to be women of being. Ruth Ann and I, <clears throat> Ruth Ann and I get married. We moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Basically knew no one. I was not always easy to get along with, probably. I say it that way. You would have to ask Ruth Ann if you want more input. But she was getting acquainted with this guy that grew up in a much different type of home. She was used to talking. I was used to silence. She was used to one type of father. I was used to a different type of father. She was used to one type of mother. I was used to a different type of mother. She was used to one type of family setting. I was used to a different type of family setting. Now, she's, she's being thrown into this marriage relationship to live with me. An older woman come alongside Ruth Ann and say, here's how you live with your husband. Here's some pointers. Here's some guidance, you know. Let's go shopping together. Just have a good time shopping. You know, someday when you need some help around the house, I'll come over and I'll help you. You know, clean or whatever you want to do. Let's just spend some time together. The older, teaching the younger. Not a formal training time, but just informal time of being together. For you guys, husbands, fathers, I would encourage you to encourage your wives, your daughters, your granddaughters, and other ladies that you may interact with at times, just to be women. If they're older, reverent in the way they live, not slanders or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. If they're younger, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be self-controlled, to be pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, to be subject to their husbands. Guys, the women in our lives value our opinion and our thinking. They want to know what we're thinking. Let's encourage them to be women of character. I know I haven't arrived in this area, but if my wife has my blessing and my encouragement, the rest of the world really doesn't matter. So I'm saying, guys, you have a profound influence on your wife's, your children, your grandchildren. For you older ladies, don't wait for the church to act. Just interact with younger women. You younger women, don't be afraid to look for an older woman and say, will you invest some of your life, your time into me to help me be what God has called me to be? In light of this passage and in light of the culture in which we live, I want you to think about something. We live in a world that seems to be forever on the go. In a world that tells us to always have things. 
I would challenge you, and I'm talking to all of you adults. Those of you who are teenagers and children, you move into adulthood, think about this. To be content maybe with less money, less material things, buying less for children, doing less for kids, so that there's just time for relationships. As you think about the life of Christ, he selected 12 men to be with him. They basically live with him for an extended period of time. A gal who grows up in a home where she is with mother a lot, mom will have a profound impact. Just the whole idea of being with others is so critical. An older woman having time to be with a younger woman. Maybe one and one or two and three together. But just time for relationships. I think that's the, one of the thrust of this passage. The older teaching the younger. As they're together, not a formal setting, not a sit down in a class setting, but just being together. Spending time together, spending life together, interacting and sharing with one another. As I have lived, I've attempted to learn. And a lot of my learning comes from observing other people. And I would encourage you to stop and to ponder relationships, the whole issue of relationships. And planning life as, and you can't always plan it fully, but to stop and ponder relationships for time just to be with people. And in the context of our discussion, the older with the younger. So very, very critical. Our children, in the context of our discussion this morning, our daughters, will remember much more what we have done with them than they'll remember what we have purchased for them and the things that we have given to them. Just the whole issue of relationships. The older teaching the younger. The older being able to spend time, and this isn't a mother-daughter deal now, this is just the older spending time with the younger and both having some time to be with one another. Vital, critical. It's been true since the beginning of time. Disciples are developed by being with other people. Let's pray together. Father, as we have discussed Titus 2, we know that older have a profound impact on the younger. In the particular context of this passage, it's the younger women being impacted by older women. 
We know that the same is true with men and boys. But we think particularly of women this morning. Those who are older, Father, encourage them as they strive to walk with you. And those in our congregation that have walked with you for years and have a heart for you and love you, encourage them, Father. May they find joy and strength in you and reach out to younger, be willing to reach out and pursue relationships to guide the younger ladies, younger women, the teens, girls. Pray for the younger, they'll be open and receptive to the input from the older and being free to even ask for input and guidance. Motherhood, being a lady, is a very high and holy calling. And help ladies in our church to be what you've called them to be. The younger moving in that direction, the older helping them. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. to reflect on women, mothers, who they are and the influence that they have in lives. For it's in Christ's name we pray, amen.